2 uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly and external weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, encourage us, help us to be what we need to be. Lord, help us to stand in this world and let our light shine. Father, we'll just praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I'm interested in that phrase which Paul said, we faint not. Now, he said it again in verse number one. He said, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now, I'm preaching on the thought to this night, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Uh, it is really easy to lose heart to, or lose the desire in the things that used to come so easy for us to do, things that we used to uh, bring, bring us joy in doing, things that uh, uh, it was so easy to do, but now it's somehow become a struggle to do. Sometimes uh, we can be challenged to do things. I mean, serving the Lord ought not to be that way. It ought not be the way when you're serving the Lord uh, uh, that it be a challenge or a struggle. We ought to not feel that way, but sometimes it feels like a struggle for you actually feel like you're accomplishing something or what you're doing even to work for the world, for the good uh, of the glory of God. Now, Paul starts this chapter with that phrase and he ends the chapter with this phrase, we faint not. So that's, that tells us he is writing in this chapter about that subject. I find it interesting this statement within itself, we faint not. Paul is making this declaration, we're not going to faint. That sounds wonderful there. There have been times that I, I could have stood and tell, and tell you and I, I could say there ain't nothing's going to keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do. There ain't nothing going to tear me down. There ain't nothing uh, that's going to stop me from doing what God has wanted me to do. There's nothing's going to keep me from being what I'm supposed to be. I love to say and stand and tell you that that has always been the case. But I have to be honest with you. There are other, other times I can say I'm not sure there's anything to get me up to do what I need to do, what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure there's anything that can get me going like I need to go. When everything's going good and you're on the mountaintop, you're going to push strong and head forward and keep going. You're going to do what you're supposed to do when life is real good. But it sure doesn't take much to get you off that mountaintop. It sure doesn't take much to get you down in the valley. It sure doesn't take much to get you to start struggling for the work of God. You get to where you say, I'm not even sure I can carry on. We're not even sure we can make it. We're not even sure that we ought to be in this thing. Amen. We see this, that this statement Paul makes, and sometimes we hear people say, well, we'll never faint. I'll never faint. I, I'll never give up. I'll never go away. I'm, I'm always going to do it. Well, I'm just saying, if you say that, you haven't been doing this in a ministry very long. 
If they'd been through what Paul has been going through, if they had dealt with what Paul had dealt with, then probably they would have never said that. Paul said, though more than all of us here together, Paul has been through more than we could all be put together. Paul had to deal with more than uh, any Christian ought to deal with. A lot of us say we've been through a lot of things. But Paul had to contend with a lot of things that we never would have to contend with. We've never had a thought we had to contend with. Yet he makes this statement, we faint not. I'm not stopping. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving in. I'm not losing heart in what I'm supposed to be doing. We, we see the struggle in verses 8 through 10 of Paul. Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He said, I am troubled, I have been afflicted, I'm agitated, I'm aggravated, but I'm not fainting. I'm not giving up. He said, I've been perplexed, bewildered, but I'm not fainting. Paul has been persecuted, harassed, uh, and stoned. We know that Paul had been persecuted. And yet this statement, he makes this statement, we faint not. Paul said that it's not just the physical struggle, but it's also a mental struggle that we go through. He said, yet we faint not. I wonder if we could be honest and say, Paul, I've been what you've been describing. I've been where you've been. There have been times I've gotten aggravated. If you be honest, we, we all get aggravated, amen? We all get aggravated at our kids, at each other. And if we be honest about it, we all get aggravated with the pastor. We all get aggravated with each other in the church. Let's just be honest about it. We, that happens. That's natural. There's always been times even the congregation get aggravated at each other. In church. But it's not supposed to change what we're supposed to be doing. If we're going to continue, we can't faint. I, I, I tell you, I, I struggle with Mondays. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with Monday mornings. I get up on Monday mornings and, and, and I preached on Sunday and Sunday night. I get up on Monday morning and my flesh tells me, boy, you blew it. You really made a mess of that. And I, and I sometimes think back what I've said. And a lot of times I don't remember what I've said. I had to go back to the uh, computer and figure out what I've said and listen to what I've said. And I'm like, man, I had a word. Why did you even say that? You blew that. You messed it up. And the flesh just gets on you. And, and you, you, we get embarrassed about things. How many, been, how many of y'all been embarrassed? How many of you have been embarrassed by our kids? Kids, how many of you have been embarrassed by your parents? I made it a purpose in my life. I made it a purpose in my life to embarrass my kids as much as possible because I know they was going to always embarrass me. So I'm a, we, we've all been embarrassed. I, I don't like to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. But Paul says, we faint not. I get embarrassed by myself. I get discouraged with myself. I get depressed. I get into worrying over things that never happen. Anybody ever worried over things that's never happened? I have a lot of problems with the what ifs. 
What if this happened? What if, what if I, I can't deal with what is when I'm trying to deal with what is now. I just can't deal. We're, uh, if we faint not sounds great, that sounds wonderful. If everything's going good tonight. If everything's exactly the way it should be, if everything's going the way it should be, then we faint not. But any time we come to the problem that comes in our life and comes a struggle in our life, we start fainting. I know there has been some times that I couldn't, couldn't say that. I don't know there will be some times next week if I can say that. If I will be able to say that. I have considered fainting. I have considered in giving up. I have considered that I just, just can't carry on anymore. I can't handle the weight. I can't handle the pressure. And I can't deal with what's going on. Paul, how in the world can you stand and say we faint not? I want to show you three things on why Paul said we should not faint not in our service for God. Now, don't get me wrong. I have been in that pressure. I have been in that phase that I just want to give up. I have crawled in the corners of the Lord. I just can't do it no more. You're going to have to take it. But that's been many years ago. I've been still going down the road. Somehow I know the Lord coaxed me out of the corner. The Lord gave me a little bit more strength. I, I, I wanted to give up. But what Paul was doing, I had to get in my own life. Paul, he, he was looking at things with the right perspective. Look at the verse we just read. We're troubled on every side, yet not. I love that, yet not. We're perplexed, but not. Persecuted, but not. Cast down, but not. Paul is focusing, is not, he's not focusing on what is happening around him. He's focusing on what is not happening around him. He said, I'm troubled on every side, but I'm not in distress. He said, it could be worse than what I am. I could be suffering great pain. I could be tortured right now. Paul had been tortured before. He had been in great pain before. But he said, right now, I'm just a little bit troubled on every side, but I am not distressed. He said, I'm, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I am not without hope, he said. You rise tonight just because you're going through a struggle, just because things aren't working out the way you think they ought to be going, doesn't mean you're without hope tonight. Paul said, it may not be working out the way I want them to work out, it may be overwhelming right now. I may be perplexed right now, but I'm, I, but I'm not without any hope. And that's exactly where we're at right now. We may be troubled on every side. We're not distressed. We still hope, have hope because our hope is not in what's happening. It's not what we're dealing with. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Calvary. And the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. Paul said, I'm not dead. I'm, I'm not finished. God has left me here for a purpose. 
I'm here for a reason. He said, I may be beaten down. I may be on my last leg, but I'm still here. I'm still going. I, I'm still able to carry on. Paul is looking at things at the right perspective, not giving or looking at the things that's happening with him right now, but rather realizing what has had to, supposed to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad it is. The reality of it is, it could be worse. You said, I don't know. Be careful because it could get worse. I, I, I've heard people say, it just cannot get any worse for me. You better be careful what you say. Because it can get worse. You can get worse than what you are. I, I, love, I love the story of man says he had uh, hurting so bad that he, he couldn't hardly walk, but he went to the hospital and he looked in the bed and there, there was a man who only had one leg. He says, well, I, I'm doing better than that. And he kept going. There was no man that didn't have two legs. And he kept going. There was a man that didn't have no legs or arms. He says, it can't get any worse. And the doctor said, yeah, it can. You can be laying there as a vegetable. It can get worse. Be careful what you say. If what we're doing, we're doing it for that. He said, looking at things in the right perspective. Get, get focused on what you should be looking at. Not, not worrying about what's going on around you. Because sometimes we get caught in looking at. We get our, 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 everything around us. We dictate what we should be feeling. How we should be acting. But God said, no, don't worry about your circumstances. Don't let that be the one direct you. Just focus on the things that's not happening. Hey, Paul was looking at everything in the right directive, uh, perspective. That's how he says we faint not because I've got the right perspective. And then he said you labor for the right person. In verse number, uh, look at chapter 5, verse number 9. Look at things with the right perspective, labor for the right person. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in this body, done in his body, according to that it had done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are manifest in your conscience. It, it is what we're doing, if we're doing it for the right person, if you're laboring for this thing, expecting for a pat on the backs, you're laboring in this thing for accolades for yourself, you're, you're going to get displeased. You're going to get pretty upset. Uh, if you're laboring for the wrong reasons, if you're expecting everybody, listen, if you're expecting everybody to be happy about what you're doing, if you're expecting everybody to go along with what you're doing, if you're expecting everybody to be very pleased with your, what you're doing, you're going to be sadly disappointed because I don't care who you are or what you are, how good you are, there's always going to be somebody to say something about what you've done. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't like what you've done. There's always going to be somebody that says something to discourage you. About. you if you're doing it for them, if you're doing, let me just say this. There have been times I've done things for myself. Y'all better than me, I understand. 
There, there have been times I've done things for myself expecting the accolades, expecting the pat on the back, but God had to remind me, it's not you that's supposed to get the glory. It's not me supposed to share everything with God, but I'm supposed to do it for God and God only. We're laboring for anybody else than the Lord, then you're laboring for the wrong thing tonight. If you're doing it to please self or please somebody, I'm not here to preach to, to please you, amen. I, I, trust me, I, I, I try to d- discourage you. I try to get you upset. But I'm not here to preach to please you. I'm not here to preach to please me. I'm here to preach the one who sent me and the one I'm supposed to glorify is him. You, you can't get all caught up in trying to get your own accolades. It's all about who you're serving. I know one day I'm going to have to give an account for everything that I've said, everything that I've done. And I look at it this way. If I do that, I look at it this way. It would be standing before Christ, the mercy seat of God. It will either please him or displease him. The Bible says your, your works are going to be tried by fire, true fire. And if it comes forth, it'll be like pure gold. And you'll be able to lay that down at his feet. But he said if, you're, if, you're, uh, uh, if your labors have been tried and they be burned up like uh, stubble and hay and wood, then you've got nothing but ashes to give back to God. That's saying all that you labor for was in vain, not in serving him. Paul says you've got to be, look at the things in the right perspective. You've got to get to uh, realize who you're serving. Paul, how in the world can you, can you do what you're doing and faint not. People despise you, Paul. They have run you out of town. They have locked you up. They have beaten you up. They don't want anything to do with you. They don't want anything to hear you. In this world, don't want nothing to do with you, Paul. Why is it you keep pouring your heart out to them? Why is it you keep ministering to them? And the people don't even want to hear it, Paul. They don't want nothing to do with you. He's oh, they need to hear it. They need the gospel, whether they know it or not. They need that. They might not understand it, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because of him. I'm doing it because he likes it. I'm doing it because he wants it. That's what he said. Tonight we're laboring for the right person. Don't get caught up in laboring for yourself. How, how is it going to make me look? Is it going to make me look good? How's it going? If I do something, will it make me look better than anybody else? Would it make me look better? How's it going to make me look? If all I'm worried about how it's going to make me look, I'd have quit a long time ago. Long time ago. But I want to make sure that when I do what I do, it makes him look good. Paul, why would you do this, Paul? Why would, why would you go through all the torture and the pain and suffering that you went through 
because they needed it. And he wanted me to. Same thing. Why do you preach? Because they need it. And he wants me to. Why do you witness? Because they need it. And he wants you to. Why do you hand out tracts? They need it. And he wants you to. Looking at things in the right perspective. Realizing who you're laboring for. Who you're doing it for. Then he said, letting go of the wrong patterns in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, or handling the word of God deceitful. Underline that, please. Underline that word, that phrase. Not handling the word of God deceitful, but by manifestation of the truth and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of the Lord. Paul said, I have to let go of some wrong patterns in my life. Paul said, there's some things in my life that they are good that I need to hold on and I need to keep and I need to uh, minister to that, but there are some things in my life that's got to go. There are some habits got to go. There are some things I have to quit. There are some things I need to get rid of out of my life. They're the wrong patterns, wrong habits. They need to go. How would you feel tonight? Just, just, just throwing it out here. It'll never happen, but Lord God, if it did, we'd all be in a roar of trouble. How would you feel tonight? All of a sudden, God starts speaking to every one of our deepest secrets right here now. Not calling anybody's name. Not saying who this is, who that. And God starts speaking the darkest secrets of our heart. How long would it take you to realize your secrets are being told? Would it take you forever to realize, well, he never said my darkest secret. Yeah, every one of us got secrets. Every one of us got some things down inside of us that we don't want nobody else to know. Amen. And if they're brought out, we'd be awfully embarrassed about hearing them. In fact, we don't want to think about them because it embarrasses us right now. So if God says start talking about the things that we've done as in our deep secrets of our life, and we start to reckon, how would that make you feel? You know, I feel, like, I feel this way. God wouldn't have to call names out because you would show it on your face. You'd be looking at you. Oh, I know who that one was. Looking over there over crying, got their heads down on the floor down there. Yeah, I know who that one was. And, I, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm not talking about those things 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm talking about those things last week. Or possibly even today. God forbid that you've acted on them. Those things. How would you feel? Paul, how can I faint not? There are some things in your life that you need to let go. He said, renounce the hidden things, the dishonesty. Not working in craftiness. Nor handling the word of God deceitful. We, we're living in a generation that will take the Bible and try to find a word of God 
to approve of their actions and their deeds. They, they want to take the Word of God and say, this is what God said. And they, but we're living in a generation where people try to take the Bible to mirror or approve of what they're doing in life. Even though the Word of God says, no, you cannot do that, that's wrong. But they try to uh, uh, mishandle the Word of God to make what they're doing approval in their life. And they run with it. And they don't want to hear you say, well, that's not what the Word of God says. To them, that's what the Word of God says. We're living in that generation today. We're living in a generation where the preachers don't even know the word of God and they're trying to give something out they don't even know to the people out there who needs it the most and they can't even give it out truthfully. Renounce the hidden things. The Bible is not a loophole for taxes. You cannot go through the Bible and pick out the things you want and leave out the other things. You've got to take every... By, Jesus told Satan that you, every, a man must live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That means in the beginning and that means amen at the end. Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, that's how we live. There's not a loophole to get around sin to glorify yourself. Amen. Bible says the word of God is a mirror. We don't like mirrors, do we? Mirrors shows our infections, our defects. You look in the mirror and you got a hair out of place. Oh, it's not me, it's the mirror. You got a button missing on your shirt. That's not me, that's the mirror. We don't, we don't like the mirror looking at us because all it does is reflect who we are. And the Bible says God's uh, word is, is a mirror reflects. And we ought to take the mirror and let it reflect to us what we are to God. Let go of the wrong patterns in life. He said you've got to have the right perspective. You've got to have the serving the right person. You've got to let go of the wrong patterns in your life. You've got to long for the right place. Verse 14 and 15. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound in the glory of God. It is those that are saved by God that God is going to raise up with Christ. Galatians 6, 9 is the only other time you see this phrase, faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we're longing for the right place, you will not faint. If you start longing for the things of this world, the treasures of this world, it will not take you long that you're going to fall by the wayside. You're not going to look for the things of God anymore. You're going to faint away. But if you start looking for those things that are in heaven and start desiring the things of God and the thing, Bible says lay up your treasures of heaven, that's where your minds will be. You ought to be longing for the things of God in this world. I understand the world is trying to throw things at you. The world says here, I've got this, I've got that. I can make you happy. I can give you all kinds of pleasure in this world. But let me tell you, it's only temporal. It's not eternal. And I find that a lot of Christian people are starting to let go of the things of eternal and grab a hold of the things of temporal. 
because it brings them pleasure at this moment. I don't know if you figured this out or not, but I kind of have. You're going to live a lot longer on that side than you're on this side. How many of you remember when y'all was three years old? Y'all mind ain't gone yet, but it's gone. <laughs> and that's been 81 years ago, right? See, 81. It just, a drop in the bucket, time goes. Time goes. I mean, I can remember when I was a young lad running around these streets up here all around long. Look at me now. I can't even hobble the streets. I limp up and down and I'm through. Time goes. We're going to live longer on that side than we are on this side. But the problem is, if you keep trying to grab the things eternal uh, in here, you'll live longer there in heaven. But if you keep grabbing hold of those things that are only temporal, the pleasures of this world, the treasure of this world, and, and start looking at the things that this world can give you, when you leave here, those things will burn up. And you're going to live forever in a place of fire. So you've got to have the right longing. Paul says we won't faint if we look at things with the right perspective. We won't faint if we remember who we're laboring for. We won't faint if we let go of those things in our life that we should not hold on to. And I mean, we're pro all of us got some habits, amen? <laughs> some of them not so good. Amen? I, I won't throw my habits out to you, and you don't throw your habits out, but I guarantee you every one of us got habits right now that we need to just throw away. There's some things in our life that we need to let go of. But it ought to get a perspective on where we're going. A longing for home, longing for Christ, longing for heaven. We get that on our minds. I'm longing for, I'm, I'm telling you what, I, 